it just makes me proud to know you, you know? And I think that that says something about the leadership that we have um, in this OSA, obstructive sleep apnea world where we're treating people with the world devices and you guys are on the forefront. Yeah. Well, I was drawn, I was very drawn to you because of your positive energy. Oh, great. And, um, I was intimidated by you. Well, that's okay. In the very beginning, <laughs> most, most I told everybody this. that's what everybody told me. They go, "He's so intimidating." I go, "He Who? was, yeah." In the Who beginning, well, I I was really drawn to you because of your positive energy, and it's a lot like uh, I was I was drawn Jenny. Her positive energy was I was very drawn to her, and this was before I knew I liked Asians. So, well, baby, you've been on my mind. I think about you all. Let's introduce our guest today. Who is our guest we, today? We are sleeping around with Dr. Suzanne Tai. Hi, Hello. Dr. Suzanne Tai. Hello. How we begin every episode. Cheers thank to you. Thank you for sleeping around with Dr. Brandon thank and Matthew. Thank you so much Welcome. for having me. Well, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. So I'm so glad you're here, Dr. Tai. You're one of my favorites. You know you're one of my favorites. Oh, thank you and, so much. And uh, I've loved watching you grow in your career um, as I've known you over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I gotta be honest, I've only known you for a few years now. And the right. Dr. Ty that I know is the Dr. Ty that's here and the Dr. Ty that I met. I don't know much about how you became Dr. Ty. <laughs> how I became Dr. Ty yeah. or, or anything. Take anything. us, yeah, take us back. Like how long have you been a dentist for? Gosh. I've been a dentist for 18 years. 18 years. Mm-hmm. So you started when you were nine. I was going to say that's a, yeah. <laughs> You guys are yeah. too nice. <laughs> but um, actually, all my life, originally, I was going to be a doctor, a medical doctor, and not a dentist. Okay. Originally. So yeah. I went down that path. and It's very then, Asian of you. I'm telling you, yeah. this is about to be an Asian story. Okay. Like Tell me about the Asian story. Everything about Asian from how I became who I am. Why I love music as much as I do. <laughs> so I... It's okay. My significant other is Vietnamese also. Yes. And I love her to death. And she's, and but I've learned, because I didn't realize, like, I kind of identify partially as Asian now. He does. He knows how yeah. to speak Vietnamese. You should have him say some words. No, no, no. Dr. Tai is my <laughs> Vietnamese teacher, and it's very bad right now. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of bring us but, back in But here. what I've learned, no, no, but what I've learned in the, in, you know, she was telling me stories, and I hate to, and I'm going to get back to you because no, I'm sorry ahead. to interrupt. I do this all the time, and people You're hate fine. me for it. But I have learned more about the Asian culture and how, like how pressure from parents like it is. And, and so like kids will lie to their parents and say, I'm, oh, I'm in medical school when they're really not in medical school. But they'll like tell their parents, oh, I'm in pre-med. I'm going to college. I'm in medical school. And the parents are like telling all the friends and the family, oh, yeah, our son's in medical school. Right. And then mm-hmm. turns out like five years later, he's never actually a doctor. And they're like, oh, and then the truth kind of comes out. But it's like this pressure to be a doctor. There's right? a pressure and there's a reason behind it too. It's yeah. because, you know, they flew from, you know, they, they came here from the war Your and they came, yes, my parents, okay. they both came over from the war. Um, my dad, I know this is a very lighthearted podcast, but no, in all no, seriousness, no. um, he was a pilot uh-huh. and when it came that they were bombing his village, 
um, he asked uh, his superior if he could go fly back and pick up his parents. Mm -hmm. And at the time, they said there's no way. And so then he found out later that his whole village got destroyed. And so he lost his entire family there. Mm -hmm. And so um, when he came here, he met my mother and he's he's 10 years older than my mom. Okay. So for all this time, my mom kept calling him uncle. And he says, please don't call me uncle. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> he was yeah. trying to. Now, is your mom you know, from Vietnam also? She's from Vietnam. And her family flew as well. But okay. they same, wow. they turned out to be in the same refugee camp. And he was helping them learn English. Um, Can I and, ask, was that in California? Or where was that at? Where that, was in, um, that was in Pennsylvania. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Okay. And so they were there. and And so my parents... They just really, and I think this is a lot of Asian people, and especially Vietnamese as well, if mm-hmm. they flew from the war, they just want to make sure that their family mm-hmm. has something and, and has a future. And so when they came here, they had nothing. I mean, my parents keep saying 25 cents. They had ramen. You know, ramen is like, a, you know, it's yeah. just so cheap. And so, so they knew that if you became a doctor, then at least you'll be somewhat set for life. And right. it's more of a sure thing to them. And so they always kind of drilled it in our heads be a doctor, be a doctor, study, study, like A's, A's, A's. You yeah. got to make A's the entire way. So that's kind of like how we are. Yeah. But they, um, well, you, they see, you keep family. saying, um, our and we. So how many siblings do you have? I have one brother, one okay. younger brother. Okay. So I'm the oldest. Okay. And, um, and yes. And so being the oldest can be hard at times because, we don't get anything. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. We can. I, I was talking about this with my friends, and my brother got everything. He got to spend the night at a friend's house. He got to stay out later. He had a. Cur- he didn't have a curfew. He got literally anything he asked for. He got. Yeah, right. And for me, I never. And my parents, if they ever watch this, they'll say, "Don't stop talk that way." About <laughs> but um, you know, I just felt like I never got to go out. Well, oldest and like, female too. Exactly. Yeah, I was they, getting ready to. That's exactly yeah. right. Oldest, first child female they said and every time i said well why how come i can't why can't i yeah and they said because you're a girl you know yeah. that's just but they wow. didn't really explain much about why they said you're a girl so you know when i heard about y'all's podcast that it's music based and um sleep based and whiskey based <laughs> so I, I told matt i said oh my gosh i love this podcast oh, it's about music it. and sleep two of my favorite passions yep. whiskey i'm a one sip wonder yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah but um but so the reason why music is so important to me is because growing up that's what i went to you know so I, let's so let, let's let's unpack this a little bit so sure. you just said pennsylvania mm-hmm. is that where your family you and your brother grew up or did y'all move so i moved um when i was five okay where mm-hmm. from pennsylvania to? from pennsylvania so you're born in pennsylvania yes okay okay and, and what, did, what did your parents what did they do after they oh my goodness so up? my um my dad he worked really hard he worked three different jobs um wow. apparently coming to texas was the land of opportunity mm-hmm. and so my dad was like i gotta think quick what can i do because i need to make money for my family to survive so what Mm -hmm. can we do so then he said let's become hairstylists because it's quick and so they opened you know for the community the Vietnamese community didn't know who to go to to get their hair taken care of so they kind of did it out of their home Wow! and so my dad had told my mom okay go to school go to um learn cosmetology and learn hair and so then they started opening their business out of their hair uh, their hair salon in their in their home and it became really successful. I mean, a lot of people started coming and my parents with them, my dad is not shy at all. Mm -hmm. So he is the type that growing up, he would kind of force 
in a way to teach us not to be shy. So literally we would be at weddings. I'm going on a lot of different tangents. (laughs) But we would be at weddings because my parents, when we grew up, they're big about family. They're big about education and loving and showing affection and music. And so then they had, we had a wedding band. And so like a family band, (laughs) family wedding band, a family wedding band. So every Sunday, my aunts and uncles, everybody would come and play and they would play guitar and my mom would play the synthesizer and she'd sing. My dad would play drums and he's like an MC at the wedding. He's very outgoing. Um, And so they taught us. And so growing up, I mean, I wish I knew Vietnamese better than I do, but my grandmother taught me a lot of Vietnamese, but we learn Vietnamese through songs. And so I'd learn a lot of Vietnamese songs. Yeah. So and you're like the Vietnamese Partridge oh family. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Dan, the Partridge family was a show that happened in the 70s. Sorry, go ahead. So exactly. was, was Vietnamese your first language? Did so, you, like, was that kind of? Uh, maybe my grandmother would like to say so, okay. but then once I got into school, then yeah. I lost a lot of it. Right. Um, but Vietnamese songs I loved. And yeah. so we would sing. So my dad, he would go to a pilot dance, and I'll never forget this. Went to a pilot dance, and they're having competition. And they said, all right, who wants to come up and sing? You're going to win $100. My dad, I didn't even know he volunteered me. Next thing you know, they called me. I was like, what just <laughs> happened? Why would you do that? Yeah. How old were you? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. 13, oh, 12, wow. okay. 13, something yeah. like that. Very yeah. young. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you're so, not self-conscious at all, and you're not, you know, 13. <laughs> that took some time. Yeah. But then he threw me up there, and I won. So it was wow. exciting. But I don't know if I won for singing or just because I'm a baby. <laughs> yeah. Everybody yeah. Else. Who right. knows? But then, like, when it comes to wedding bands and we go to, when we go to weddings, um, I'd be, we'd be guests at the wedding, and my parents would be guests, and uh, a lot of Vietnamese weddings, at least back then. Always mm-hmm. live band, not DJ. It's Love always it. live band. So then I'd be sitting there enjoying the wedding, eating my soup. Next thing you know, the MC of the wedding says, let's call up Suzanne. And I was like, what happened again? <laughs> Why does this keep happening? My dad, he he very, he very believes in kind of pushing in a good way whatever he thinks is best. And he right. says, slowly you will come out of your shell and you'll be more outgoing and yep. you won't be scared. And so Love it. that's that's. So what dad. part of Texas were y'all in? Um, we we started in Grand Prairie. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so Grand Prairie for our audience, remember we get people watching this all over. Would you say that that's a suburb of Dallas? I mean, it's a yeah. DFW Metroplex. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it's yeah. Small. So the Dallas Fort Worth area. Mm-hmm. I looked at him like he's from Dallas. I'm not from Dallas. <laughs> he's from I don't want to be from Dallas. Oh, oh stop it! But Dallas I would say I would say it's a Dallas Fort Worth suburb. Yeah. It is. for sure. Mm-hmm. And so you went to high school there. I uh, nope. Oh, so okay. I moved from Grand Prairie okay. to um, Arlington. Okay. So my parents, as they're working, 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 then they found this. Um, they found this this uh, location to kind of take that hairstyling business yeah. away from there to mm-hmm. um, Arlington. Mm-hmm. And then, so we moved and yes, I went to high school. I, I went to a little elementary middle school, high school in Arlington. And I, uh, I was a cheerleader. Nice. And so that was always of fun. Course. And so you graduate high school and you say you're going where, where did you end up starting? So, college? So I started college cause I'm Catholic mm-hmm. and this is kind of how Matt and I connected as well. Yep. Um, but I'm Catholic. So I looked at all different schools, you mm-hmm. know, I did look at UT and, and, um, you know, A&M and TCU, but my best friend, 
she's Catholic as well. And she was saying, um, you know, there's a school in Houston. It's called University of St. Thomas. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. what school is this? She said, it's a private Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can go. Well, I applied and I got a full ride. Nice. So, of course, parents are very happy about that. Yeah. But then I went to... Um, to St. Thomas and there's certain passions of mine and loves, you know, music's one of them. Right. Taekwondo's another one. Mm-hmm. Playing piano's another one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a number of things. So I went to St. Thomas, I'll never forget. They say walk the campus. And walk the campus, there's this huge like grand piano on stage. And I just came there. I was like, oh, this feels so good. And then this Taekwondo, they had Taekwondo over there and they had um just it was so small and quaint, and I just felt like I'd get really good one on one. And it's in a perfect place in the Houston area. Yes. My mom also went to school there, so Wait, it's a, really. Mm-hmm. I and had no it's, idea. It's literally uh, where it's at in Houston is just the coolest place it's to a, be around too, exactly. especially as a young adult. My mother went back to get her uh, extra hours for her doctorate there, so she was a little bit older than you, just barely when uh, she <laughs> went back to school there. Um, so you go to school there. Yes. Is that where now, you? Well, sorry. No. no. Was was medicine still kind oh, of the that, idea? That is the at idea at the time. That's where all I was going. the way yeah. through. It was the yeah. idea all the way to senior year. Okay. And um, for me, I'm the type I'd like to research everything before I jump in. Mm-hmm. And so I did a lot of volunteering to different types of specialty in medicine, you know, and then I went also volunteered at the um, at the hospital. So if you guys know me. I'm a very happy person. I like to be happy and mm-hmm. like to bring happiness to people and yeah. smile. But every time I noticed, every time I left the hospital, I was really sad. Oh, really? I was yeah. not um, yeah. in a good place. You know, mm-hmm. I just didn't feel right. It didn't feel right. And I am. Um, and my husband now, my boyfriend then, you know, I remember sitting next to him and I thought, I don't know if this is what's right for me. Right. I'm not sure. And I was just about ready to um, apply and everything and take the MCAT, all those things. And I was feeling very distraught in my heart because I thought, this is it. We're about to, it's about to happen. And then, and then his dad was a dentist. And so his dad said, well, why don't you come, um, why don't you come observe me? You haven't Uh observed everything else. You haven't observed me yet. So I came to observe my father and I remember exactly the turning point. So he had a patient and he had, um. He had broken like number eight, yeah. like just the front tooth, mm-hmm. right? And it, this kid's like 13 years old, young. But he came in crying because, you know, at that age, you're kind of embarrassed. You know, of course, he's in pain too. So he came and crying. My father, he came in, did root canal, did a quick like composite for him, made him look like a normal person again. Mm-hmm. And the smile that came off that boy's face was what changed it for me. Wow. And so then at that point, that day, literally that day, I went home and I said, I told my my husband, husband now, I said, I'm going to be a dentist. I'm going to be a dentist. And wow. then I called my dad terrified because with us, <laughs> right. you follow the rules, you yep. follow your path, you don't verge off that path. And I thought my dad's going to kill me. But when I told him, he completely accepted it. And so he said, that's wonderful. That awesome. You go that path. And so- that's, That's how so good. Yeah. That's well, nice. so no. Then where did you go to school for dentistry? Baylor College of Dentistry, now mm-hmm. called um, Texas A and M. And M in Dallas. In Dallas, in yep. Dallas. In yeah. Dallas. So that's where I went. Great education, mm-hmm. great instructors, um, lots of experience given there. So yeah, I'm really happy, good proud program. to be a Baylor grad. So <laughs> yeah, I got to say, first of all, I, I want to step back because I have so so much respect 
for your parents and, and what they did. As a business owner, I know how hard it is to run a business. And I can only imagine. But when I hear these stories, and you know, we have some members in our group that are from other countries and you know, to come over and and really I think we forget sometimes in America and especially those who are born and raised here in America and don't have that experience, like we forget how lucky we really are Mm -hmm. and how much opportunity is out there Mm -hmm. to take advantage. But like, that's really like, that's the true American dream is we left a country where it wasn't good for us and our families. We came to America, we worked hard, we started a family, we started a business, we've Mm -hmm. created success and then we've created successful, you know, children as well. Um, and it's just such a cool thing. And so I, I, I respect that so much from, from you and your family. And it's obvious that their, um, work ethic and their values have rubbed off on you well, because I know you and who you are and what you've done with right, your and there's business. actually a term for that. And this isn't a joke. Uh, the comedian who said it is very funny, Joey Diaz, but it's an immigrant mentality. Yeah. If you have an immigrant mentality and that is starts back of decades and decades of this amazing mentality that is pushed into you and it's either nurtured, right. Or mm-hmm. nature that, that does that. And so that immigrant mentality is, is, is what we see. And I'm very blessed where I've lived in Texas. It's, it's mostly uh, Vietnamese locations, especially yeah. in, in Houston area. It's awesome. One of the Catholic churches I go to, they had two Vietnamese masses there. Um, so you, you, we did kind of jump. Thank you for yeah. saying that, by the way. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting. You graduate. You said you've been in dentistry for 18 years. Yes. Right, which I still mm-hmm. find hard to believe. <laughs> how long have you been interested in sleep? And then we can kind of get to how we all know each other. But obviously you were happy. You still are a very happy person. But you were doing dentistry for a long time before you went into sleep. Yes. And you know where I'm going with this, Suzanne. So I don't want to uh, set you up. I loved your book. And so uh, reading about that, me and you share a lot Mm -hmm. besides our faith, but kind of how we got into breathing and how, why it's important. Exactly. Well, you want to share, you know, I, it honestly started, um, with my team members. I, I have some assistants that shout out to Camilla. (laughs) (laughs) She's my right hand sleep person, but she's kind of one of the biggest reasons why we started this. Um, and in my book, I mention it, but she had come in. She's very, she's kind of quiet, reserved, very sweet, doesn't, doesn't um, talk a lot. But one day she came in my office and she had this just really sad look on her face. And I'm not used to that with her. And she said, my father just had a heart attack. And I thought, oh my goodness, are, you know, are you okay? She's like, yeah. And I know she was crying. And that's just that's not like her. And, Mm -hmm. and I said, Oh my goodness. And she said, you know, and he looks like the picture of health, you know, he's Mm -hmm. not a big guy. He's healthy. She says he works out all these things. It looks a lot like me. Exactly. (laughs) Big, healthy works out. Exactly. But then later on, she told me, she goes, um, they, the doctor said it was because of sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. And so that happened. And then I had another, assistant who when we started talking about sleep apnea and I thought sleep apnea what's this and you know what does that have to do with anything that we're doing but another assistant she said um, I actually had a cousin who died of what they said sleep apnea or complications of sleep apnea and he was only 21 years old oh wow and so that was shocking yes super young and so then they said Dr. Ty you need to we would love for you to start learning about this you know because um Wow. It just seems amazing. How come we don't look into people's mouths or how come we don't screen for these things? Cause yeah. they, they were seeing this and I, it, 
it really surprised me. So, of course, I started going to classes and started Now, what year was this? I'm sorry. I got to find out. This is 2017. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, I started going to classes, started learning. And the more I learned, the more fascinated I became. Okay. And the more I thought, oh, my goodness, all these signs and symptoms it's the majority of my patients. Yeah. This is what I felt. And and they were right when you're they're teaching this at a lot of the times. So, you know, these patients, they come to see us a lot more than see their doctors. Mm -hmm. You know, you know this. And and when we go in to look inside their mouth, there's so many signs that we can see that make make the patient seem like they could possibly be at risk or have sleep apnea. Right. So it really started from there. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I don't know if you want me to go into my I do. You do. We don't have to right now, though. Oh, but, okay. So I think, you know, so it sounds like you put your toe in the water, right? I did In 17. Mm -hmm. What an amazing uh, staff, right? Um, I've always brag on Brandon about his staff, but I also work with y'all's team, too. I got to I gotta just repeat a line from Aaron Elliott here. Okay. Staff is an infection. <laughs> your team. My team. I love Karen Elliott. You'll know the joke if you're on social media, so she knows what I'm talking Karen. about because she got that at a Starbucks. You're right. I should say team. And it's funny. We were fortunate enough to talk to another one of Brandon's uh, friends and also iOS member that played professional baseball. So you're right, Brandon. Yeah, so your team. So having the opportunity to work with your team too, they've been great. And Wonderful. you're right. But it's awesome that they came to you. This is the first time that I know about a dentist story into sleep that it started with their staff. So that is interesting. So you dip your toe in in 2017, right? Yes, yes. And so how did, did I say staff again? You fucking said <laughs> You did. Dang I was it. about to kick my yeah, going to murder you. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I know, you know, there's a few things out there and I feel kind of strongly about, and that's mm -hmm. one of them. Is it really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you feel about that and eating a lot of bread? And a lot okay. of carbs. Just. That's cool. I, yeah, don't say just because we don't just do things that's either. Right. Yeah, it's team. You say staff again, I'm going to punch you in the dick. <laughs> Oh, no. He said it. He said it. He yeah. said it. All right. So your team. Yes. Thank you. All yes. right. So it's awesome that your team brought that to you. I'm yes. angry now. Like I'm upset. I could tell you are. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the, 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 the S word or the, the carb word, but who cares? No. <laughs> well, so yeah, he was I'm, I'm feeling a little sensitive this week about my weight. Do I look bigger to you? <laughs> Why are you asking me right now? No, you don't. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Back I, to I, totally okay. I totally derailed. I totally derailed us there. You did. <laughs> so the point is, is you've got an awesome team and for a team member to come in yep. and say, Hey, let's, let's push the doctor forward on this. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I agree. I didn't know shit about sleep apnea mm -hmm. uh, and, and I don't think my team really did either. Mm -hmm. Um, when I started this and you know, I had, it was my father-in-law that got me kind of into it, but you know, those personal experiences, I mean, right. that's a huge, huge motivator to, to make a difference. And I, I'm guessing that they already have some idea that dentistry could help this. Had they seen something? Had they heard something? They must've heard something because yeah. they're the one literally that brought it up. Okay. So they had an idea. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what'd you do? She's with so dipping smart. your toe in, in 2017, yeah. starting yes. it out to where you are now, but yes. in between there, there had to just be some growth and obviously how you got involved in international Academy of sleep. Mm -hmm. and, and from there, that's what I would love to hear about. And so, also your team. I will use team. Yeah. And my team. Okay. Yes, so, yes, yes, we were doing sleep apnea and it was, you know, when we go into uh, see patients as dental patients, you go in there and you look and you know that there's an issue because you've already taken classes and you learned some things, but it was hard for me to get patients to kind of follow through 
with getting sleep studies and to, um, you know, go on and get sleep apnea treatment. Mm -hmm. And so if we're talking about iOS, this is kind of how it all began. And so I wanted to go into iOS to see if there's another way to help more patients. Mm -hmm. And, and that's also one of the reasons why I wrote my book to also is because spreading the message and spreading the word. And I'm, I'm going back all over the place, really. But my father's the same way. He's like, you need to educate all the time. Teach when you can. Educate. Inspire when you can. And so that's how I am with my patients. But I kept noticing I didn't necessarily have the time to do the discussions whenever I was coming in looking for doing exams for dental or hygiene, Mm -hmm. all those things. So I wrote the book partially so I could kind of pass out and uh, inform patients and get that message out there. And I try to make it, and you saw it's tiny. It's a small book because I feel like I don't know how much people, how many people would read a really yeah. thick book about sleep apnea, but something quick, but it's a way to kind of give the message out, send the message out. And, and so I was trying these methods and doing everything I could to kind of get the word out there and um, educate people and patients. And so I heard about International Academy of Sleep and how they're very good at doing that. And so that's kind of how I started. Okay. Um, How long had you been, because I don't really know this story, to be honest with you, or Mm -hmm. remember it, if you told me before, um, late one night when I was probably drinking Tito's. (laughs) Um, How long before joining IAOS had you been trying to do this and and starting to treat patients and, and really trying to do this on your own, so to speak. Sure. So I started iOS in 2018. So okay. about a year. So about a year. Mm-hmm. But okay. a year just felt like, how come it's not picking up? I mean, I'm yeah. passionate about it already. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I know how much um, it, it can affect patients. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you were talking about, I said, do you want me to jump into this? Because it's in my book. But yeah. like affecting patients and hearing their stories. I'd hear, I hear patient stories and I'd hear about patients dying within their families. And um, so... So in my book, I discuss about why death is important to me and what's been closest to death to me. So when we were, my husband and I were trying to have kids Mm -hmm. and I've had had my son, which if you go into him, this is going to be like a three hour show. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, But yes, and so I love him to death, but I always dreamed and my parents are always like, dream big, you know, what you dream, that's what, that's what can happen. So I always dreamed of having a boy and a girl, always, always. And, um. So I had my son first, and he was the boy. But then I wanted a girl. And I tried, and I tried, and I kept getting um, miscarriage after miscarriage. So I had about seven miscarriages. Complications, wow. definitely. And yes, and so they always say at the three-month mark, then you're good. You know, when you're pregnant for three first months. First trimester. Then, yes, first trimester. So I had um, Lily. I was six months pregnant. Yep. And then, um, you know, everything was great. You know, always going to the doctor. It started get, I started. It was nerve wracking going to the doctor before the three months because I kept mm-hmm. getting so many miscarriages. And then after that, that three month mark, then I was happy. I couldn't wait to go get another sonogram. It was so exciting. But then at six month mark, I came in and the doctor says, oh, "You need to go to the hospital right now." Oh. And I thought, "What? What are you talking about?" And so we go there, and at the hospital was. You know, they said, you can last another month and then this baby will be okay. You know, we'll do whatever we need to. The lungs will be more developed. Mm -hmm. It'll be all right. So I remember doing a lot of mental meditation, everything to kind of get my body to 
be calm and hopefully have mm-hmm. this baby. But then in the middle of the night, you know, I started having major contractions and I, I went into labor. And so then they, I did a C-section and then they, um, I was out. And when I woke up, I was excited. I was like, oh, my baby girl's here. Of course, that's when the doctor said that, um, mm-hmm. you know, we lost her. Lovely. So mm-hmm. that heartbreak, that that hurt was really intense for me, mm-hmm. um, which it was the closest thing I had to like death, right? And so then um, whenever I uh, think about patients who have family members yep. who die of sleep, mm-hmm. it just drives my my passion even more because I know what it feels like to lose, you know, lose someone. So, but anyway, so we, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough. Um, I got to meet Suzanne about seven months ago. Was it seven months? Seven and a half months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it seems a lot longer. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that? It should seem shorter. (laughs) Um, but no, so I, I got to, uh, meet, um, you and um by the way is that book available if we put a link okay Mm -hmm. so we're definitely going to put a link to that hd uh to this uh youtube page and our social media but i read it um i went to their office one day uh before i met you i wanted to kind of research see how i could be helpful in, in my current role and then it was amazing our connection um we share so many passions um um but it's so not funny, haha, but you know, I lost my mother to COPD. I've been involved in sleep since 1999. Uh, my ex-wife and I went through about eight uh, miscarriages till we had our miracle, Mia, uh, which she shouldn't have been born. Miracle, uh, bed rest for my ex-wife, Kelly, who's an amazing mother. Um, but we share this and that's what has always fueled me to help people breathe and to meet someone in life not necessarily work in life that shares that same passion. And Mm -hmm. when I read your book, I knew right away that we would hit it off. Whether you ever bought from me, I could care less, but to know that I have an advocate in breathing. That's right. This whole business aspect for me with the podcast, with what I do for a living, my friendships is all about that. Inspiring others to help them breathe. If one person watches our podcast and it saves their life. I don't care how many episodes we do, then it was worth it. If one patient comes through, then it was worth it. Um, I wrote you a text last night, a pretty long one. And, and it basically said that my father has a great saying. He says, we're all in the same church. We're just different pews. So we're all working towards that same goal. I am a big believer in Brandon and I'm a big believer in international Academy of sleep. And I think what you do, you guys do on a daily basis saves lives period. And I can't stress that enough um, because of Lily and, and your motivation, because of my Betsy, my mother, I think. And this is hot monkey love, by the way. And this is also my chicken exit whenever I get serious. This is my mom's <laughs> lamp, hot monkey love. So if you're ever watching our podcast and wonder why we have the world's ugliest lamp, it's because of my mother. But that's what motivates me. That's my why. That's my push. That's right. And when we talk about sleep and when I refer people to you or when you're out there on symposiums and when you're recruiting people and when you're helping people, I always think about my mom. So thank you for sharing such a personal story about Lily. I really do. Um, It's just going to help somebody. Well, yeah, these, these stories and these personal experiences really, um, I have met so many people in this industry and almost Mm -hmm. everybody has 
a story, a mm-hmm. why, mm-hmm. and and what drives them and what they did. And, you know, like I said, I've I've had a couple of stories. I know, I know for a fact, my grandfather died. He was sixty three years old. I was in yep. college. I remember we talked about this yep. with Cannon. Yep. And um, I know he died from sleep apnea. Yep. He snored. He stopped breathing. I didn't know any better. I thought it was just grandpa being a loud snore, and we thought I was a kid mm-hmm. and thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. And and so. Sure. You know, you kind of think, man, if I would have known then, or, or, or would Grandpa have been around longer? You know, I don't, right. I don't know. But um, you know, those things when you see it, and you, and then you see the impact that it can make in people's lives when you start treating oh people, yes. and that continues to push you. And that, you know, I'm sure you've had patients where you're like, yeah, this is really the right thing for me to be doing. Well, I don't, That's I don't right. know if you guys, if you got to follow her on social media, her family is beautiful. Her husband's oh, one yeah. handsome, in shape, good looking man. <laughs> in the book. He snores. Oh, yes. and I'm like, it, very much. So, so it, it was. It's interesting that we have this picture, and people who are watching this, everybody just assumes you got to be over 65. Your BMI needs to be at this. Your neck size, whatever, it can affect anybody. And so I think that's you know kind of the personal tug. But let's get to business, right? Yes. So I think you know you meet Brandon. You said so. 2017, you start it. You're kind of like, oh, man, this is, you find out about iOS, so 2018. I yes. love hearing this stuff, by the way. I do. <laughs> I, I I love it. So 2018, y'all meet. Yes. So 2018, we meet. Um, International Academy of Sleep. Avi pulls me. I don't want to say pulls me in, but he's intriguing. I talked to him, yep. and I thought, you know, this might be the answer to help get the message out, help treat more patients, and help, you know. Mm-hmm help everyone. And so then I go there and gosh, International Academy of Sleep, I tell you, talk about, this sounds corny, but like a family, it feels like a family. It really does. I like to use the word team. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like a team. That's right. Uh, (laughs) Family's okay too. Yes, it it really does. Um, A supportive family. A very supportive family, very supportive. And extremely intelligent individuals who have a passion for sleep. I agree. So, you know, when you go to other, um, other conferences, you know, the, the sleep is not necessarily their main focus, but even if it is, um, it's just, it's not the same. I don't know. International Academy of Sleep, they really want to help each other. I agree. And I agree. Brandon, you know, when I met Brandon, I thought, who's this guy? You know, but he, when he spoke, if you've ever s- listened to Brandon speak, he's unfortunately amazing. I have to a lot. <laughs> uh, I mean, a lecture. Uh, again, he sends me stuff all the yeah. time. No, does he? <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, no. <laughs> but he's an amazing, amazing speaker, and he's um, he's he's very inspirational. Uh, exactly. And he's very um, when he coaches and teaches, he's it, he offers extremely thought out um, to the point great advice and so i've been brandon and i that's her very nice way of saying it is and i think for a man with no personality (laughs) and a very low self-esteem he's a great no (laughs) brandon does and i've we we could talk great about brandon and he is everything that you know i'm being a little funny you guys yeah um but susan meeting you you have something and i agree because i went to my first big ios conference two weeks ago um, I, th- I think I like to describe you guys as, uh, in, including Brandon, you're passionate and compassionate. That's when right. you can blend those two things together in whatever you want to do for a living. Dan wants to work for Chippendales <laughs> as long as he's, <laughs> he's passionate and Is compassion, that what you said? Yeah. and he does sit-ups. <laughs> yeah. He can do that. But what I find that 
it's such a unique blend. And that was a first for me. Mm. Now I get to see you guys one-on-one, right? And yes. what I do for a living. And we're blessed to have this podcast. We have people in. But day-to-day grind, if you're still keeping that passion and compassion for your patients, it, it's unique. So I agree about iOS. That's right. Well, it's funny, you know, Suzanne came on and um, I'll, I'll be really honest. I wasn't working with iOS when Suzanne came on. Oh, you really? Were? You know, I thought you were. I, I mean, I was just starting to. Oh. So I was going through this whole shit storm called divorce and was in this kind of transition and was just starting to kind of take that 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 role. Mm-hmm. And so, but when you came on, mm-hmm. I wasn't officially there. So I was never oh. actually Suzanne's coach. No. Like she, she was not my uh, mentee. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in, in this industry, what you see, and especially in iOS is everybody kind of becomes a mentor for somebody because once you've been there long, you know, and, and that's really the cool thing. And the fun thing is to see Dr. Ty come in and she's this kind of naive, sweet, happy going at it, trying hard, working hard, asking all the questions, right. lots of questions. <laughs> I'm and Asian. I this love is what happens. questions, <laughs> um, but lots and lots of questions to now everybody's asking her the questions. <laughs> right. She's the mentor. She's the one that people are like, I want to be like Suzanne, mm-hmm. you know? And that's like the really cool thing about our group is people go, yeah, we have our coaches, but then everybody is a mentor to somebody. Well, yeah. and I agree. And, and with working with you, it reminds me kind of what your father was doing for you pushing you out on stage, making you, uh, I love what he says that, you know, vision it. Because even when I met you seven months ago, I'm like, why is this not thriving? What is, what is this office not doing? You have the perfect training. You have a great team. And I think that it's just that area. And how can we, as a community of people wanting to save lives, how can we help grow that? And just in the short time that I've known you, the business, the referrals and, and stuff that I've seen has been uh, amazing. I meant, I was so proud that, you know, um, hearing you speak, you know, at iOS or, um, opportunities like last night you had with prosomnus. I think that that makes, and and not that I had anything, but it just makes me proud to know you, you know? And I think that that says something about the leadership that we have, um, in this OSA obstructive sleep apnea world where we're treating people with oral devices and you guys are on the forefront. Yeah. Well, I was drawn, I was very drawn to you because of your positive energy. Oh, great. And, um, I was intimidated by you. Well, that's okay. In the very beginning. <laughs> most, most I told people. Everybody, that's what everybody told me. They go, he's so intimidated. I go, he who? was yeah. in the who? beginning. Well, I, I was really drawn to you because of your positive energy. And it's a lot like, uh, I was, I was drawn, Jenny, her positive energy was, I was very drawn to her. And this was before I knew I liked Asians. So I didn't know that I liked (laughs) Asians when I, when I was drawn to you, but I was drawn to your positive energy and I, I loved your approach to, (laughs) no, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's like, it's, it's, we all have a thing. We all have a thing. It's my new thing. And, um, handsome Dan likes social media. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that is a thing. Um, but you had this positive energy and I knew, I knew you would be successful if you, if you just put it all together Mm -hmm. and if you, I agree. And if you grew, uh, the confidence, to be successful. So you, you were kind of starting out and 
what changed for you during those first couple years? Let's go back 2018, 2019, and then mm-hmm. to now, 2021. So you had before iOS, yes. early iOS, yes. and now where you're at. BM before Matthew. Yes. AM after. No, yes. I'm just kidding. Yes. Right. I'm kidding. What, Don't what ever do say you BM. think? Like, what was that like? What, what was that growth process like for you personally? Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. Um, you know, a lot of it, and I don't know I've discussed this, Brandon, you have helped me a lot. You really have. Don't, this this, is, this podcast is not about fluffing my ego. I like how Brandon goes, stop it. I do not. Stop but, I mean, it. I love She's it. Like, Give, yeah, me more. it. Give me more. Give me more. You really don't have to. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, no, we don't need to, you don't need to mention me. Yes. But, you know, but that you are a big part of my growth. Um, iOS definitely is. Um, having these retreats have been amazing. It just kind of reminds me of our why and what mm-hmm. we do but not only that we start to get a lot more patience mm-hmm. and when you start to get more patience you start to see changes and you start to see i mean drastic changes in people and when that happens and you see this um there's something in their eyes i was telling this is not from last but this is just m- more recently actually that mm-hmm. got me so excited this is why i love sleep so much <laughs> but i called matt him and i have become good friends and i call him just because i know he loves sleep and mm-hmm. brandon's too busy <laughs> i would call him but but um i got excited to share but mm-hmm. i had this is an example but this is what i would see um with patience and it just gave me more confidence and more excitement and more willingness to help as many people as possible. But I had one day where I forgot now, I still have two or three people, men and they come in and some came in with their wives, some did not. And uh, it was the most amazing thing. I came in, first of all, they're older generation. So they have this, this thing I walk in and the guy stands up and shakes my hand. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, that's it's called so chivalry. Nice. Yeah. Chivalry. Uh Dan, yeah. chivalry means that <laughs> <laughs> And so, but as we go in there and I'm talking to him and I go over the home sleep test results that they had. It's interpreted, of course, by a sleep physician, but mm-hmm. I actually discuss the sleep test results. And mm-hmm. I also these particular patients are referrals from doctors. And so I have their clinical notes in front of me. I know what path they've been going and how hard they've been dealing with their medical issues and their heart issues and um, like all different types of things, moodiness and um, heart issues and diabetes and just everything. And so I remember talking and explaining like how that they had sleep apnea and how it could affect all the medical issues that they had. And literally like the way brain is looking at me right now, it was like, he was looking my soul (laughs) and I was looking into his and the patient started crying. Yep. And, and I don't know what it was that day. Who knows time of the month. (laughs) But but I started crying with him and it's just, he said, and this is nothing against doctors. I'm sure everybody talks and, you Mm -hmm. know, but sometimes I was discussing when he says, I've never had someone care for me as much as you do now. And it, touched my heart in such a major way Mm -hmm. i I did look yeah yeah. and it literally i started crying and i um and that happened either i know twice possibly three times that day and i was and i said how did everybody start crying today and they just said the patient said you know what i just always thought this is how i had to live life and i always thought that maybe it's just me getting old and and the wives are there and the wives are crying at the same time and she said Oh my gosh, we found our answer. Like, and and not to say that I'm the answer. I try to help them throughout the whole thing, but giving hope, there it hope is. is what's so important, is. and that's what yeah. we need to 
you know, instill in people. And I know when I treat sleep apnea, I will do anything Mm -hmm. and everything I can to help them feel better. And, um, and so that's what it was. And the wife was crying and she says, Oh my gosh. Cause, cause I had one patient that didn't know he had sleep apnea, one patient that did know he had sleep apnea, mm-hmm. but he had a CPAP That's right. and he could not use it. Mm-hmm. He's kicked out the door 10 years later. He's had two heart attacks, a stroke, everything like that. Yep. And the wife was so frustrated. She says, I see him stop breathing so many times during the night and I get scared. She says, I love him. And I said, how long have y'all been married? They've been married 50 something Yeah, it was years. something crazy. 52 years. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I, and she says, I just want him to breathe. I want mm-hmm. him to be alive. I want him to be with my grandkids. So, These stories are what motivates yeah. And me. when she called, so we do talk mm-hmm. and, um, it was just awesome. And when I hear stuff like that, it goes back to that passion and compassion. Um, I believe, uh, and you know, I always give my dad sayings, but they're true. It's like, you know, when you give, you receive and your team yeah, and you <laughs> do a good. very good job of that. Um, I've been in your lobby. I've been in your, you know, I've seen your office and I just think that's what y'all create. You have this atmosphere of we're going to take care of you. Yeah. We're going to take care of this you. Because you mentioned something about when you give and I think, did, were you there when Bob Berg came and, and the go giver? There's a book. There's a uh, he was in Vegas with us, Mm -hmm. and he wrote a book called The Go Giver. Mm -hmm. It's a great business book, and so if you haven't read it, I would definitely read it. But we did this whole workshop. It was really amazing, and it goes back to, you know, being successful in business isn't just about you know obviously you need a good product and you need all this kind of stuff, but it's about the impact you make on people's lives. Exactly, Mm -hmm. and if you make impacts and and give to people, you know that's where it comes back. And I truly believe that. And I'm telling you, no physician, very, very few physicians out there connect with their patients the way that you do. And probably very few dentists connect with their patients the way that you do. Uh, But that's where it shows. And that ability to impact those lives and impact your patients is just so phenomenal. And and the frustrating thing about that story, and maybe you have some insight to this, maybe not. And again, I don't want to get onto this whole, you know, divide or, 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 um, the politics of it, but for 10 years, this patient has struggled mm-hmm. and the only answer that they were ever given was a CPAP machine. That's right. Why is it that patients are suffering out there mm-hmm. and they're not getting other options? Is it, I mean, why I can is answer it? a lot of this. Well, you know, my, my background was, was actually doing that. I, I wouldn't say I sold against an oral device back then. I just, I just didn't know about them. And my whole goal was, um, non-evasive, evasive breathing machines in the hospitals, V60 trilogy, but CPAP. I've been a big fan. I still am a huge fan of CPAP. My daughter has been on a CPAP for two years, made by ResMed. She watches her numbers every day. I think CPAP therapy is amazing. But the truth is the truth. 50% will be compliant. So there's a whole other 50% of people who are currently on a CPAP who aren't on a CPAP. And then there's so many other people that aren't diagnosed. Let's just call it what it is, and I'll, I'll be brave enough to say it. What I have seen out there is that it's about money. So let's be clear. When someone gets put on a CPAP, because I used to do this for a living, they go to a DME and they get resupplies. My father has a spare closet that is so full of resupply of filters, tubing, masks, all this stuff, uh, widgets for CPAP. It's just how it is. But my dad uses a CPAP, but he has all this. When a patient comes in and they could say that they're compliant, 
we literally have the studies out there in all oral devices, a lot of people call them appliances, and all oral devices that we are truly more efficacy-based. You will keep it more compliant-based, meaning you will have it in your mouth a lot longer. The standard for a CPAP is only to sleep with it for four hours a night, five days a week out of the seven. I ask anybody of our audience out here, if you're just sleeping four nights or four hours a night, that you're not getting good rest. The reason is it's been pounded and pounded and pounded since the late 1980s and through the 90s when people made a lot of money through CPAPs. And now where we are in this perfect storm of called the pandemic, which is COVID, and then the CPAP recall, there's going to be more people than ever that are going to see the benefits of an oral device, see the value in it. And we are seeing right now people go hand in hand, at least I am, with medical initiative in my current company is that we're able to see now them coming across shaking hands. And what you do, Brandon, here in Austin is amazing, saying anybody with a, an AHI or 30 or below, right now we have to put them on an oral device. There's no more CPAPs to be had. Mm. Yeah, and it's taken weeks. That's right. Taken months weeks. to That's get right. CPAP. And I was part of a, a really select group with ResMed and Phillips, part of this amazing webinar series that Brandon actually listened to. And I am very bold, but I would have never spoken up unless I felt passionate about it. And they always give the hard time to sleep device people saying, well, how long will it take to receive it back? And I literally raised my hand in this video call and I said, forget it. I'm just going to say it out loud. I said, you will get an oral device from any company faster than you will a CPAP. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, sorry, I'm so passionate. No, no, that's true. It's absolutely true. So we work with, um, um, uh, a lot of physicians here in Austin. We're doing home testing programs for them and that kind of stuff. And we had one of the physicians just to kind of go back to kind of this perception. And if we didn't have a home test, our, our goal is to be able to give a patient a test within a week of when it's ordered. Yep. Sometimes we need pre-authorization, that kind of stuff. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we only have so many home tests. That's right. Well, if we didn't have a home test available the same day that they wanted it, he said, okay, well, never mind. Let's send it to someone else. Goodness. Let's send it to another lab. Mm-hmm. So they're sending it to the lab. So we call the lab and we find out when we send it to the lab, it takes three to four weeks to get the home test. That's right. Oh, wow. Then it's taking them another four to six weeks to get the CPAP when Mm -hmm. they get the CPAP, Mm -hmm. which means from the time we send it, we're two and a half months before they're getting treated uh, versus we have a home test available in two days or three days, you know, and so we had to kind of clear that up. But still, I think something changed for you because I know you were treating a lot of patients. I know you were doing a lot of sleep, but I know that what you were doing a year ago or two years ago compared to what you're doing now is drastically different. You've grown a lot. What clicked in the last two years, (laughs) one year for you that has made this difference and how, and also because you're working with, I mean, you've got a a large group hospital group now that like you're their person. Like if they, it's not even like, if they need an appliance, we're going to you. It's like mm-hmm. if they need a test, we're going to you. Yes. Probably because of some of the same things I just mentioned with how long it takes people to get tests if they go somewhere else. That's exactly right. And that's exactly what their complaints were. You know, they came in and um, I mean, I'll say the story again, but it's just they, you know, I had talked to them um, for a couple of years, actually, and I've been treating their patients. And so they were happy with that. And then one day we went to lunch and they said, 
they looked at me and it was very, usually in lunch, I'm trying to be nice and, you know, get to know them. <laughs> trying to be nice. Trying to be, always <laughs> not nice. trying to be nice, but get to know them and talk about their day. And then we get into, you know, the business of things. And they didn't, they didn't waste that time. They went straight to looking at me. They go, Dr. Todd, we have a problem. And I was thinking, <laughs> I know I what treat your I patients. Do? What yeah. did I do? What yeah. happened? Right. They go, we have a problem. And I said, sure. I said, what can I help you with? And they said, we hate the company that we send our um, patients to to get tested. Mm -hmm. First of all, it takes them way too long to get tested. Second of all, patients are coming back. They um, they want us to discuss results with them. They said, we don't know. We don't know how to read these results. We don't know how to, and we don't have the time as well. Right. And so then they just said, can you do this? Can you test and treat all of our patients? Mm -hmm. And that's literally when a huge change happened. And so I said, absolutely. And that's kind of, that's what's been happening. And so like now I'm treating, I like the, one of the cardiologists, he just came in um, recently. And so we're treating him for sleep and it's just discussing with their patients and their, their patients going back and saying, oh, Dr. Ty spent this much time with yeah. me. And um, it's been really good. It's been really good there. You keep asking what the change is. I don't know if I've changed myself. <laughs> I don't know that exact answer. I just know the patients have been, the more patients you see, the more you're, you're affected and the, the more um, impacted you are as a, yeah. uh, as a provider. And gosh, it just makes me happy. And of course I've kind of changed my, my timing and well, how many times do you think you've talked to those doctors like over the last many. few years? Oh gosh, so many times. Yeah. I might come in 10. Oh, easily, easily, yeah. Easily. So, I think that's it right there. I so time, yes, persistence, yes, persistence. I think most of all, Dr. Ty is confidence. <laughs> I agree. I think you are mm -hmm. more confident now than you've ever been mm -hmm. because you know your shit. Yep. And you go in and the doctors know you know your shit. Mm -hmm. Where before you're like, I don't know if I know my shit. So So I what I called on you the first time yes. and we took the picture I sent to Brandon. You remember what we said? Which I picture? Said, uh, the very first time I ever met you. I oh. always do pictures. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. Uh, when you took all the notes and all. I said she just needs to get out of her own way. Yeah. Just get but, out of your own way. But the time You're and awesome. persistence. And so, yeah. you know, when I talk to, to dentists that say, oh, sleep is too hard or <laughs> it's too, yeah. it's too, this is too difficult or this will never work. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you say to those dentists that are, that are thinking they want to do sleep, but, or they've tried it, but they've given up on it because of whatever reason. That's right. What do you say to them? I mean, 100% you, you hit the nail on the head with persistence. You've got to be persistent yeah. with it. You cannot stop. Um, fortitude, you know, fortitude, 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 persistence fortitude. is the biggest thing. You have to make time for it. That's yeah. the big one. I think before, when you're asking me what's changed before I was running the whole dental show, you know, I mean, I'm mm -hmm. dental, dental, dental all the time. And then Brandon kept saying, you need to separate your time for sleep. And so that's kind of what happened. And going back to other stories I did, I was now I'm starting to come back as to why things have changed as well. So I was in the hospital. I got put in the hospital for, I'm the girl that, you know, they say there's 2% this thing happens to you. This is me for a lot of different things. And so I went into the hospital, but at that time I had no choice because they would not let me go back into mm -hmm. dentistry. And so then, um, not at that time. And so we're going on month and now two months. And I said, I have to have an associate because I have to have somebody in here doing the dentistry. And so it was literally from that point forward mm -hmm. when my associate came in and I realized, oh, he's doing well. He can yeah. do the dentistry. And now I can actually concentrate on the passion that I in the, for mm -hmm. sleep. 
then I started pulling back the days and from dentistry. And when I did that, then I used that time mm -hmm. to work on sleep, to go out to doctors, to do yeah. everything that I've always wanted to do. So I think, well, that's one of the biggest changes is the fact that God somehow made it. I like to think glass half full, right? God put me in the hospital, but he made me come out a lot stronger. And right. um, Well, I don't believe so. in coincidence. You know this. And so, <laughs> um, so fast forward to when we ate that amazing barbecue. We tried to find four oh, different yes. restaurants. It was hilarious. Yes. And she had just got off uh, being quarantined. Oh, yeah, not feeling too. yeah and that's it's different. just that's another story <laughs> that's what i'm saying and when you have that time to kind of let go we had a great lunch that day um sometimes you're forced to you're forced you're to forced your husband to. was traveling you were like oh i gotta take care of my son how am i gonna do it but then you're forced to kind of sit and kind of let go for a minute that's and right. you kind of see your office going well do they really miss me? you know like i i can do other things and mm -hmm. so taking care of you and putting your family and all that is so important too. I know that's very important to you. Um, but I think there's this awesome mixture that I've seen in those, in the last couple months of you, the, the confidence. I agree. I yeah. think it's more of a confidence thing, but I think, I think it's both. I think it's confident confidence and time and persistence. Right. I think, you know, I see so many people that they're, they're like, well, the, the doctors won't refer patients to me. And you know, the doctors won't refer patients to me. Twenty people I tell that. And I go, okay, mm -hmm. well, how many times have you talked to that doctor? That's right. Well, I went one time. That's not enough. Right. <laughs> how can you, you know, we talk about this, it's like dating. You can't date someone on your first date. You Hold can't on. expect Dan, take notes. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Talk about dating. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but you when you go and date somebody, you talk a little bit, but you don't expect to, you know, hit a home run that night. There's no way. You have to. Definitely. Dan, do you know this? You know this. Now, home run. Home run to me doesn't mean what you think I'm thinking, but. No, I think but, that's what but, we're but, talking about. You're always on those apps. and No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to continue to listen. You, 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 you keep teaching. That's okay. right. But you have to foster the relationship. You have to get to know the person. You have to yep. let them start trusting you. And it's so, like Brandon and I. Exactly. I mean, yeah, like seriously. all of us, you yeah. and I, all three of us, really. Yeah. And so you have to kind yeah. of get to know the person. Um, and that's the way doctors are. No doctor is going to want to say, oh, yeah, sure. Let me refer all my patients to you just because you met me once. There you go. There's yeah. no way. They need to know that you know what you're talking about. They need to know that you care. They need to know that you're you're constantly in their mind. So what do they say? It, Seven touches until someone there actually There it is. Yep. And, and hear me out. Contrary to popular opinion, there are doctors who care. So oh, I want to be very clear. No, and their fear is, their fear is, trust me, I've learned this. Their fear is, why would I give you my patient if you're just, help me understand why. This exactly. is my yep. patient. We're going to have my best friend on on the podcast coming up. And um, Brandon, you're going to love him, Dr. Jason Breed. And he's so passionate. And he would rather spend time with patients than make all this money. Anyways, that's how he views sleep why would i just give it to some like not earn it but show me what you're going to do for That's my right. patient mm -hmm. and and so i think that in the areas um and if we're doing some kind of teaching moment here for for dentist or ios anybody's going out there you can't just go one time yeah. i've also learned that not all dentists are good salespeople. believe it or not i have a calling and it's to be a stripper but that's besides the point <laughs> i have a calling <laughs> to be a salesperson and there is an art to going in and talking and bringing it up. And I get that there is some uncomfortableness, but y'all do such a good job of training that. So I think that dentists sometimes get the bad rap that 
if they just go the one time, well, the doctor doesn't yeah. care about the patient. That's yeah. not necessarily yeah. true. And I want to make sure we're not bashing no. sleep well, medicine. No, here. no. I mean, it's just, it's a complicated field yep. and there's a lot of bias and, right. and we're trying to cut through all that. And I think right. that's, and it, but it's cool and it's exciting that there's people like Suzanne mm -hmm. that are out there and people like you and people like all the people that we talk to that are really pushing to drive that change. And right. so it's really cool. I think, um, you know, when everybody who goes out to meet doctors are nervous, who yeah. isn't, they're all nervous. But what I noticed that started to help was when I thought about why am I doing this? There you go. Going really, back to why the, am I doing this? Because when you, just like when you talk or you talk, when you're passionate about something, mm -hmm the nervousness kind of goes away because yep. you're just thinking about why you're passionate and why you really want to help. And when right. that happens, the physicians, they see that they can tell that you're not just scripting whatever you're saying yep. right. and then you really do care. And that's kind of when the change happens as well. So I tell dentists who ask me, I'll say, you know what, think about why you're doing this. When you go in, think about how, what I'm offering is something to help your patients. Mm -hmm. It's really, you know, to help you become a better physician as well, to truly help your patients and help your patients thank you for what yeah. you're doing. And so think, switch, flip the switch, you know, let go in knowing what you can offer and how much you can do and how, how much you care about patients. And then it's yeah. going to be, it'll so, be different. So mm -hmm. we've discussed family. We've discussed how you guys met. We discussed iOS. We discussed you getting on stage and singing. We discussed... I got to mention another passion that we have in common is dancing. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love dancing. We'll start the music. I love the cumbia, music. Cumbia. So I love dancing. All right. And, and I always threatened her. Oh, threatened. I said, yeah, I threatened you with a good time. I said, <laughs> at IOS. Yes. I'm going to dance with you. Oh, oh you guys yes. are cutting up a rug. You dang yeah, right we did. I I and Sandra D I over here. Yeah. And High Hills. Um, so I love dancing. Oh, yes. I love too. dancing. And so thank you for dancing with me. But no, you're fantastic. That's a passion that I have too. So that was pretty cool that we also share that. That was awesome. Is that how you blow off steam? A lot. That's, okay. That's one of my biggest passions. And it's funny because you're a great dancer. You're a great dancer. Everybody's a great dancer. You know, I, I love it. And it's, you right. see my, I'm smiling from yeah. ear to ear. I like I know that's you your passion. You want to make me happy? Turn like, on the music. Yeah, she, you play, like, you know, because we have these parties. And you mentioned the the Halloween party. Yes. And, and also just how much fun the, the retreat was. Yes, sir. So Unbelievable. It's, that's really cool to see because I, I, I just know that of all these people out there and, and the dentists out there that are just kind of in their own little worlds, if they would come experience that joy yes. that is in that room on that one night of that Saturday night of the retreats mm. and they get to see Suzanne dancing out there. Especially in that outfit. I, My goodness. Yeah. You guys know the, it's okay. Grease was a musical first Dan, yeah. and then it came out as a movie. Olivia Newton, John played Sandra D. She plays like this hometown girl from Australia. They super hot. Yeah. yeah, super hot. Remember yeah, when yeah. she comes out and goes, so what's a tea stud? And dun, 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 dun. she's got the lycro <laughs> and the red. That was, yeah. No. Sandra D. And that's what she was wearing. I got pictures. <laughs> okay, yes. Oh, yeah, pictures. Some of the pictures we probably shouldn't share, but <laughs> we might share some of the pictures. I was Batman. It was fun. Batman was cool. <laughs> Thank Batman you. was cool. Um, Woody got a little tipsy. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. when he says Woody, He's talking about his character. He was Toy Story. Toy Story. Yeah, Toy Story. Um, <laughs> yeah. I want to, um, 
I want to thank you for your time. We yes. are running up. Um, I'm I watching know. the clock because oh, yeah. I know my good friend Brandon also has an appointment. Correct? Yes. Okay. Oh, shit. Yeah, I got a call. There you go. Uh-oh. That's okay. We'll it's make okay. It. Yeah, but what I wanted it. to do is I want to make sure that we're wrapping this up. <laughs> um, my goal for this podcast, Susan, is to have you back in six months. Okay. And I want to see how much this business grows. I enjoy working with your team. And I enjoy working with Good you. Um, you have been nothing but polite to me. Um, um, Unlike me. me. <laughs> um, I will say that uh, whenever I'm talking or motivating people, I always say this saying, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And you've done such an amazing job of that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your personal story with us about Lily. Mm-hmm. Um, really touched me, and I know it's going to touch our viewers. Thank you for your yes for saving lives. Thank you for the courage to go see your father-in-law as a dentist mm-hmm. and your courage to call your father. Um, I haven't gotten to meet uh, your husband yet and I yes. cannot wait to meet your husband. Um, such an honor to have you down here in Austin. Thank yeah, you no, so much. really appreciate it. You know, I love you. You are one of my favorites and mm-hmm. uh, I'm so proud of you and just uh, always excited to, uh, to see you grow and see what you're doing with your business. It's so much fun, uh, but honored to have you down to the podcast and, and share your stories and share your passion with us and with everybody else. It's really a cool thing because uh, it just drives us. So thank you so much for coming. Oh, yeah. gosh, thank and you uh, we end me. on a cheers so much fun. Mm-hmm. and uh Finish up this Topo Chico. Dr. Ty, thank you for sleeping around with Dr. Brandon and Matthew. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Bye.